Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Shout at the Oval podcast. There was no game last week for Glenthorne due to international call-ups, which meant that our game with Glenavon was postponed. And I would like to say that that meant that it was a quiet week in the world of Glenthorne, but of course we know it wasn't, due to the farce surrounding the Conor McManaman international call-up and then withdrawal and then call-up again, which was handled absolutely horrendously by the Irish Football Association. I think that everyone that I've seen, or pretty much everyone I've seen, uh, was in agreement that the whole thing was just a total shambles. So, unless in case you've been living under a rock this week, uh, a bit of a background to it is Connor was called up to the squad, and then there was this ordeal with Kyle Lafferty, and something happened at the IFA which triggered them to think, okay, we now need to pull Connor McManaman from the squad because of a historic video which occurred seven years ago. Now, no one's going to condone that video. We all know it was wrong and it was silly. It was an error of judgment on Connor's behalf from when he was a teenager. And if we were all held accountable now for mistakes that we made when we were teenagers, could you just imagine the world that we would live in? No one would have a job. Connor's a lot older now and he's a father and he's a role model and not one part of me doubts that he regrets that video. It was good to see in the end that common sense did prevail and he was able to go on and achieve his fourth cap. Um, it would have been a devastating blow for both Connor and his family if he wasn't allowed to represent his country for the fourth time. Um, everyone makes mistakes and obviously the IFA are allowed to make mistakes too. They didn't understand the situation and um, that's okay. At least they rectified it and the most sensible conclusion revealed. But what I would say is people need to wise up. There's this terrible cancel culture uh, surrounding football but not just football all walks of life in society where people like I don't know just live a really sad existence and they like to try and point score uh, get one up on people and see others suffer for and for what like what what do they get from it I don't understand so the dust is now settled and everyone can move on and Connor can go back to doing what he does best so that's the end of that we rant um don't usually rant on this podcast, but there you go. Just felt like I needed to have my say. And on this week's podcast, we have a player who was at Glenavon for nine years. It's James Singleton. He was due a testimonial season, but he gave that up to come and join Glenthorne to fulfil his childhood dream of being a full-time footballer. And he has slotted into that midfield position seamlessly. It has uh, actually meant that the blow of, of losing Shannon Clucas for the, the entirety of the start of this season um, has been softened as he has done an excellent job just sitting in front of that back four and he certainly deserves immense credit for um, our defensive record along with the, the back four and goalkeeper. Uh, I talked to James about winning the Irish Cup with Glenavon, um, suffering a leg break when he was quite young with North Anavon 21 after his first on the scene. Uh, and then playing with Bobby Burns and Reese Marshall and of course linking up with him again at the Glens. So, uh, James was a natural to interview which makes my job so much easier uh, and he's a really good guy and I think that he will do well at the Glens. I'm, I'm sure of it. So here it is, it's this week's episode of the Shout at the Oval podcast with James Singleton. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Shout at the Oval podcast. I am absolutely delighted to have with me this week. It's a man who joined the Glens in the summer from Glenavon after being there for many, many years. He is slotted in to that midfield position absolutely perfectly. And it is James Singleton. James, welcome to the podcast and thanks very much for coming on. Oh, thanks very much for having me on, Matthew. 
So suppose uh, we are going to start, James. Uh, of course, you were in the team to start against Corian, and I think a question on everyone's lips are: Are you going to be fit for Friday after pulling up in the warm-up? Warm-up. Um, yeah, all being well, I will be. Um, just unfortunately, in the warm-up there against Corian, I sort of blocked the pass from from Shea in the warm-up, and my knee sort of twisted. Um, studs got stuck on the ground and. And I just didn't feel 100%. And I just didn't want to, you know, not say anything and maybe let the team down, you know, playing through an injury. So I went and spoke to the gaffer and he done the right thing and pulled me out and, and, and brought her boy in. And, you know, thankfully we, we done well and we ended up getting the three points. We obviously didn't have a game this weekend uh, due to the internationals. Uh, momentum's such a big thing in football. What, what was it like as a player, sort of having that free week? Is it a bit refreshing or is it frustrating? It was good for us because we had a couple of boys away, you know, the likes of Connor McIntyre and, and Young Aaron or whatever. Um, but and we also had a few injuries as well, you know, a couple of boys carrying knocks. Obviously, Moko went off injured with a shoulder. Bobby hurt his shoulder as well. I got injured in the warm up, so we had three or four, you know, injuries. Um, so it was probably a good time, you know, for the international break to come for us, just to let them boys, you know, get a few days off to recover. Uh, and hopefully, come Friday here, we'll be able to choose, you know, from a full squad again, all being well. And I suppose it's not as bad when you look at the, I know it's very early, they're looking at the league table and stuff, but as I say, momentum is such a big thing. And we're still sitting where we were when those round of games started. So people haven't sort of got that lead on you, you're clawing back. Yeah, that's it. Obviously, not playing there last week. A few of the boys probably, you know, will think the momentum could go. But I think with this group of players and, and we're in every day, you know, it's not like we're we're not playing and we're only only training on a Tuesday and Thursday night. We're in every day and the sharpness and the, the fitness is, you know, is keeping up to a high standard. So, um, no, I don't think it'll be any problems, you know, coming in the Friday night. I think the boys will be ready to, to keep the run going. So we'll get stuck into the podcast. Uh, like all our guests, we go through your career in chronological order. Um, we'll go back to the very start because everyone will obviously think of James Singleton and Glen Avon. But you actually started off um, at Lisburn, at Lisburn Youth and Lisburn Distillery. What, what was your memories of playing there? Yeah, just signed there. Obviously, I'm a local team whenever I was younger, when I was about seven or eight years old. And before you know much about football, really. Um, and then I sort of got into a decent team. Um, we were very, very good. And I don't know how it happened, but I played with Connor Mack at Lisbon Youth. I played with Chris Johns at Lisbon Youth. Uh, ben Kennedy was the year below, but he was good enough to play a year up as well. So we had a, we had a great squad. Uh, a lot of boys went you know, on trial across the water and stuff, and we were... We were very competitive, and then as them teams sort of do, the, the break up, you know, around under 12s, under 13s, players start to go maybe the Irish League clubs and go go their separate ways. But no, Lisbon Youth was fantastic, and, and we were probably one of the best teams in the country at the time. And uh, between ourselves, Linfield, Glen Torns, so we were right up there with the with the top Irish League clubs. Um, and yeah, had a great score. But I thought the coaches were were brilliant with all of us and developed us as, as young players really well. Lisburn seemed to be uh, Lisburn Distillery and the whole youth set up the first team. It was a, a really good road in the Irish League football. They produced some really good players. They had a really good team. They were top four team challenging for, I think, made the League Cup final and stuff one year at the at senior level. Yeah, Lisburn Youth always had big players playing for them. You know, like, I've, just thinking back, I think Sammy Klingen played, David Healy, Keith Gillespie, Gary Hamilton, they were all three sort of Lisburn Youth, like, you know, big players. And then even my age group, the year above me, was like James Knowles and he went over to Blackburn. Uh, Andy Mitchell, who was at the Glens now, Coleraine, he played and he used to score like 60 goals a season. Um, who else was there? Ram McLaughlin as well, that, you know, is the Northern Ireland International and went over to England as well. So there's always talent at Lisbon East and I think that's why they were, you know, one of the best teams. A lot of everybody wanted to play for them, especially years ago. 
Well, as you say, the team did split up. Um, you moved on to Glenavon. Uh, how did the move to Glenavon come about? Uh, was there interest from elsewhere? Yeah, well, actually, I went to the Lisbon Distillery um, for a season just after I left Lisbon Youth. And that was just uh, because the team was all breaking up. Nobody really knew what they were going to do. And, and my next sort of club closest to me in Lisbon was Lisbon Distillery. And at that stage, to be fair, Distillery were a top three, top four Irish league team. Um, so going down to the, the ground and stuff and seeing the first team play, sort of maybe want to sign there. And I played there for a year and loved it. It was really good. We, again, we were a competitive team. Um, but Glenavon then came and seen me and watched me for a few games. And um, I was hemming and hawing while I just stay at the distillery and wanted to maybe go for something new. And once I got down to Mornview and seen about the place and heard about the players that were signing, you know, the, the likes of Reese Marshall and stuff, I knew from playing against Reese, you know, how good he was and, and a few other players um, spring to mind as well. Uh, we had a great team at Glenavon and we all decided to sign uh, at under 16 level and went on to, to win the Northern Ireland Cup. You went through the age groups at Glenavon, sort of 16s, 17s, 18s, 19s, but you didn't actually get to cut your teeth at reserve level that much. Um, it was sort of straight into the first team. Yeah, it was sort of, me and Reese done sort of the same thing. We, we were playing well at under 16 level and, and there was no under 17, so we jumped straight up to under 18s. And then we we were we were doing quite well at under eight teams, you know, playing a year a year up as well. And Gary Hamilton came in and he was like, you know, I, I want these two to come up and train with the first team. So we sort of skipped reserves out and played a few played sort of half a season with the under eight teams. And then he threw us both into the first team and we done pre season and both sort of cemented our places in there. And yeah, it was it was great to get thrown in the deep end quite early and quite young. So you learn very quickly. What do you remember about being told that you were going to be in that squad and making your Glenavon debut? I actually had a, had a missed call from Gary when I was in English. I was doing GCSE English in school and I heard my, my phone, or felt my phone vibrating in my pocket and I looked and it was an unknown number so I didn't I didn't answer it. And then a text message came through and said it was it was Gary Hamilton and to give him a call back. So I was asked, I was straight away, you know, teacher, can I go out and take this call or whatever? Um, and then to give him a quick call back and he just said he wanted me up in the squad. So obviously as a young kid, I think I was only 16 at that time, doing, I was in fifth year in school. Uh, young lad getting that phone call was you know it was absolutely brilliant it was buzzing it was you know I didn't want to I didn't want to go back to class that was for sure and did you then have um your friends and family and stuff coming along to the game and hopefully you'd, you'd get on and make a dent yeah that, that was it it was against Cliftonville at Mournview and um I actually got on for the last 20 minutes and I got booked I remember I hit Ryan Catney a tackle um I was only on the pitch for about two minutes and had Ryan Catney a tackle and he got up and he'd said something to me, but I was only a young kid at 16 and, and I got booked for it. So that's what I remember from that, you know, from that 20 minute cameo that I had or whatever. But yeah, it was great. The family came and watched me and my dad and my mum. And yeah, it was great to have them up just for my debut. Uh, well, you don't really introduce yourself. There's no better way to introduce yourself into the Irish League than hitting Ryan Catney on that. Yeah, well, that's it. Like, I'm sort of after I did it. I think I said to myself, "Oh no, I'm in for it here now." Like, because you know, you know, you know what type of player he was. Is it a bit daunting when you're, you know, you're basically a child. You're, you're sitting in GCSE English, um, and you're walking into a dressing room full of men and established players, or is it made sort of easier because Gary Hamilton had such a faith in those young players? Yeah, like whenever we we were sort of brought up to the first team, we were we were very young and. But Gary was trying to change that. He was trying to bring more youth players into the into the first team, and and he was trying to sort of ship out all the older lads. But he brought in experienced boys too, like the likes of Winky Murphy and, and Chris Lindsay were were fantastic. So they were um they're really good with the young lads, and 
sort of taught you how to be professional because we had a lot to learn you know as young kids and they spoke you th- spoke you through games and involved you in the changing room and on in the buses and all the away games so no it was great the lads were, were really good well there's some debut season for you uh you were in the team and lifting the irish cup in your sort of first full season uh how did that feel and did you think this is it it's going to be like this every year yeah, well, whenever I was I was young, like we were just talking about there, I was sort of saying, oh, I'll maybe not play play too much next year. Might be a wee bit like this, sitting on the bench, coming off the bench or whatever. Um, and then we done pre-season and got, just sort of just got our spots. You know, Reese was playing right back and I was playing left back. And um, we went on to win the Irish Cup at the end of that season, which which was crazy, you know. And I didn't know how big it was, to be honest with you. I remember we played Glen Torn and uh, we, we beat them in the quarterfinal. Um, and everybody was like celebrating like mad in the change rooms after at the Oval, and I was going like, it's only a quarter final. Why, why is this a big deal? I didn't, I didn't understand. Um, I never really went to Irish Cup finals or Irish Cup semi-finals, you know, to watch or anything. So I didn't really know. And then I got the Windsor at the at the semi-final against Crusaders and realised, you know, there's a big crowd and all there, and I was like, well, this is this is quite big. And then obviously making it to the final where you go and get you know suited and booted and stuff, you just realise then it's a big occasion. And yeah, it was fantastic and. I thought, yeah, we were going to go and win something every year after that. And we did, to be fair, under 16, we done it again. But after that, um, we qualified for Europe a few times, but maybe just didn't turn out the way, you know, I wanted it to. What about the, the cup final? So you're you're very young and you're going out, you're playing at Windsor, massive crowd. I remember watching that cup final. Um, what were your nerves like? Very, very nervous. I remember hearing, you know, the fans from inside the, the changing room and I was white as a ghost walking out onto the pitch, to be fair. But like, once you get your first touch or, or you, you win your first header or whatever, you just realise it's just another match. Would you usually get nervous before games or was it one-off? No, I, I would get nervous. I think, I think it's 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 a good thing to get nervous. You know, it means it, you know it shows that it means something to you and you want to win, you want to do well. And I, just, I, I would get nervous before games, but it's it's a good thing. Your Glenavon career got off the flyer. Uh, your young player broke into the first team, won the cup. And you were getting international recognition uh, in October uh, of that year, playing for 2015, I think it was, playing for the under 21s uh, against Macedonia uh, when you suffered a really bad injury and it was a leg break. Um, how, how difficult was that to deal with? It was very difficult because I sort of got the, the under 21s on merit. I was, I was playing well. Um, Jim Magilton seen me as a, a midfielder. I was playing a lot of football at left back at Glenavon, but Gary, Gary played me a few games here and there in midfield. Um, and I loved that I was a midfielder sort of my whole life growing up you know as a young kid um, so to break my leg away with the 21s was, was obviously gutting um, I had a, had a strong start to the year with Glenavon um, playing well and and then got away with the 21s but unfortunately to do that sort of ruined my, ruined my season I was out for about 10 months and uh, but we did go on to win the, the, the Irish Cup at the end of that season so it was great to see the, the, the team do well how do you get through those early days in an injury like that? Um, they're bound to be the hardest, you know, because you've got such a long road ahead of you, or are you just focused on sort of physio, or what's it like? I think, from what I remember, it was a, it was a good, good long time ago now, but it was just very lonely at the start, because you can't do anything, you know, you're, you're, you're basically learning to walk again. I, was, I got an operation, and uh, you were just taking small steps, so the first sort of eight weeks was terrible until you could start to maybe put more pressure on your leg. And then eventually you got off the crutches, maybe 10, 12 weeks in. And uh, it became a lot better. You were able to do strengthening exercises and do a wee bit more in the gym and stuff. But I remember the first three months being brutal. But 
again, it's like every injury, you know, you just have to get through it and, and have a good team around you and a good sort of physio. And, and Lynn Carpenter was amazing. You know, shout out to Lynn. She was fantastic with me. And, um, you know, she got me back as quick as she could. Were you able then, we obviously seen a similar injury happen with Bobby Burns in the Glen Torn shirt. Um, were you on the phone trying to give Bobby advice and help? I was. Um, obviously, I seen it happen and I seen the videos and stuff. And when the news came out, it was a leg break. I was gutted for Bobby. Um, and with it, I was on the phone to him a few times. Um, just, and he was asking questions just generally, you know, when when, when was I able to do this and when, when could I do that? And again, just at that starting period where it's tough, you know, you want to know when you can start to do things again. So I was chatting to him, just told him to, you know, just to keep his head down and, and work hard and do, do his rehab properly. And to be fair to Bobby, he probably done his rehab a lot better than what I did. You know, I was, I probably wasn't as strict on myself as what I should have been. Maybe he wasn't eating the right foods and wasn't maybe doing as much as I could, well, as much as I could have. And maybe could have got it back a wee bit quicker. But no, Bobby was, I think he was a bit more sensible than me and got back, got back a bit quicker. Glenavon have produced this this spate uh, of young players who have gone on to have either full-time careers or made really good Irish League careers. There's yourself and Bobby Burns, Reese Marshall, Mark Sykes, Joel Cooper, you go on and on. Uh, and that's all in the sort of the last sort of 10 years. Why do you think that these players have all thrived at Glenavon and have made it, do you think it's making it into the first team at such a young age or what do you think it is? Yeah, I think it is. I think it's just playing first team football, you know, at a young age. I reckon if if we didn't play first team uh, and we st- we were stuck in the under 18s and then went on the reserves and before you know it you're in your into your early 20s i don't know if we'd ever made that step up to the first team i think you know getting through in at 16 17 18 is the best thing you can do for young players um it teaches them you know proper football and playing against men you're physically going to develop and even just like your brain as well you know you're you have to make decisions quicker the the tempo of the game's a lot quicker than than youth football and it just it develops you in, in every aspect. So I think, yeah, just starting out, starting out at an early age is the key. Was there any of those players that you've seen um, sort of the first few times you've seen them and went, well, he's not going to be here very long? Yeah, there's there a few, to be fair. Like, um, Reese was one of them, to be fair. Reese was un- unbelievable, you know, in my opinion, the best right back in the league and has been for, for a long, long time. Um and I thought he was a start, you know, to go across water. And then he did. He got his move down to Shaman Clovers, which was, which was a great move. They were top side. Um, but Mark Sykes as well, to be fair. You know, I could tell there was something something with Sykesy that he just had a wee bit more quality. Um, he could sort of win games on his own almost. Um, and he was he, he was very talented. But there was other players too, you know, Joel Cooper, Josh Daniels, Bobby Burns. He got his move to Hearts. And yeah, just all... All great players, and if you sort of put all them players into the, into a team now, you'd, you'd sort of go, yeah, that's a decent side. Uh, you, so you've played a number of positions at Glenavon, um, mostly left back and centre midfield, but I, I do, I think I read that you played absolutely everywhere except Nets. Um, do you have a preference on where you want to play? Uh, not really. Um, probably midfield if I was to pick between the two. Played quite a lot of left centre half at Glenavon too when we were when we were low on numbers and had a lot of injuries and stuff. But I think I'm a wee bit small for for centre back to be fair. Um, but no midfield, I, I seem to enjoy midfield more. Uh, I think it's sort of I can play my bit my best football in midfield. I like to get about the pitch and I like to try and win the ball back and, and give the ball to the the more technical players. We'll have to talk about uh, Gary Hamilton for a minute. Um, Gary is one of the best players I've ever seen play for Glenthorne. He was an absolute genius. Um, but what was he like to work with as a manager? And what was it like him being a player manager as well? Yeah, whenever whenever we first 
started out in the first team, Gary was still playing very much so. You know, he was he was a starter in the team. And he was he was brilliant, even though he maybe didn't have the legs. I'd never seen Gary. Didn't watch a whole lot of Irish League football when I was younger. I knew who he was, obviously, but didn't see him play an awful lot. Um, but you could tell, you know, the talent that he had, left foot, right foot. I remember he used to take in swing in, in swinging corners. Um, from the left hand side, he hit it with his right foot, and from the left on the right hand side, he hit it with his left foot. Like that's that's ridiculous, you know, to be able to do that. Um, so he was a great player for us. Him and him and Batesy up top together were were um, a great partnership, and were the reason why we, we were quite successful in the early years. Um, but as a manager, yeah, he was great, and he was he wasn't too hard on us as, as young lads. Um, he wanted the best for us. He wasn't scared to play us and. They expected a lot from us too, to be fair. So it was great, you know, him showing his faith in us at a young age. You were uh, captain at Glenavon and you've been there since you were 15. Uh, and you probably would have been due a testimonial um, coming up. Uh, but then Glenn Torn came in for you in the summer. Was it difficult to sort of weigh up those options? Uh, was it a bit of a step in the unknown? Yeah, it was sort of, obviously, like I've been at Glenavon my whole career, more my whole adult career, uh, one year off a of testimonial. But just the last few seasons didn't didn't pan out the way I wanted it to. Uh, we lost, you know, a lot of players and started to slip down the table a wee bit. We were we were finishing in the bottom half and and I didn't want to play my football in the bottom half of the league, obviously. Um, and once I heard you know Glenthorne were interested, I knew the, the squad that they had and they've been they've done well since Mick and Wendy have come in and you know qualifying for Europe, winning the Irish Cup, and you know I just felt like I could. I wanted to be part of that and wanted to be, you know, part of that and hopefully be successful. And I felt like I could come in and, pr- and improve the team as well. There's obviously the connection um, there of the likes of Bobby Burns and Reese Marshall. You played with them, but on the flip side, you've had Gary Hamilton's been at the Glens, uh, Callum Burney has been at the Glens. Uh, did you speak to many of those people to see what it's like from both sides of the, the picture? I didn't really speak to anybody from Glenavon because I was I was obviously leaving them and, and Gary was sort of asking me to stay away from the club just just while all this was going on because I'm sure the players were wondering why I wasn't you know pre-season for the first week or whatever and there's a few rumours floating about on Twitter and whatever but I was I was chatting to to Bobby I was chatting to Reese um chatting to a couple of other boys just to see what it was about what what the training was like you know what what days they're in what days they're off and before you're in more or less every day so that's what I wanted to hear you know I like, I like training it's uh you know it's great to be doing it for a job full time instead of just doing you know the Tuesday Thursday which I was I was used to doing like Aladdin and that was the one of the reasons why I wanted to come you know I wanted to, to improve myself as a player and and hopefully you know be part of something good here at the club. You've had experience uh playing in Europe with Glenavon um and you probably look at Glen Torn and think you're probably more likely, like no disrespect to Glen Avon, obviously, um, you're more likely to do that again with Glen Torn. Is that was that a big attraction? How different is it playing in Europe compared to in the Irish League? Yeah, it's a lot more difficult, obviously. Um, most of the teams you play in Europe are are halfway through their season and they're and they're flying fit. And there's a lot of talk still about you know potentially this league moving into summer summer football to try and improve standards in Europe, but. It's just a different game altogether, you know, very possession-based teams. But this league's developing, to be fair. Whenever I was playing in Europe at Glenavon, every team in the Irish League, it was still very much like a 4-4-2 every team played. And it was a, a physical game and a lot of the ball was in the air quite a lot. So the league over here has completely changed. And, and you've noticed that teams are starting to get, get past that first round. We had no chance. We were we were getting beat 4-5-6-0, you know, in the first round, both legs. Uh, apart from that one great win at Malda. At home to Malda, um, which was a great great win for us. But then we went and got beat five 0 I think it was away. Um, 
But no, it's changed now, and the teams over here in the full time really helping, and we're starting to be able to compete now, which is great to see. How do you feel about summer football? I don't know because I've never done it before. Um, speaking to a few of the boys that have played in the in the League of Ireland, they've said they enjoyed it. You know, they liked it, but I, I just don't know. I think I'm so used to the way it is. I don't know if I, I don't know if I'd wanted to change or not, but. I don't know. There could it could be. A, I don't know. It's it's a hard one to call. You know, it's I'm, I'd be on the fence with that one. It's it's tough for holidays and things. And obviously, there's a lot of players that are part time. Yeah. There's players that are, are teachers and stuff. And like Sean Ward was always vocally against it. He used to miss Europe for the Glens every year because he he couldn't he couldn't possibly make it. He needed you know that was his family holiday time. And on the flip side of that, there I think I would I really like the idea of watching the Glens when it's Ruxton because there's some nights that's absolutely. Woeful on that that Sydney Terrace, yeah. but on the flip side, you sort of you're going to get your cup finals in in the winter months, and I can't picture going to an Irish Cup final when it's absolutely Baltic. Yeah, like, that's it. It's like everybody hates that sort of January weather, and it's even as a player, it's so tough to you know get out there and on in the hailstones or in the frost, you know, to train or whatever at, at seven o'clock on a well, not anymore, but whenever you were training Tuesday, Thursday nights, but I'm sure it'll be the same this year, just in the mornings whenever we're training. It'll be freezing, but that's what, it's part of part of football. You have to get used to it. Either way, you're going to be playing, you know, at some point in the winter, whether it's summer football or not. Um, But yeah, it's it's something the, the league really need to think about. And if they want if they want the Irish League to go on and do better in Europe, it probably is the right decision. But for boys that maybe do have jobs as teachers and stuff, like I worked in a school before I signed for the Glens, um, and I would be impacted then, you know, with summer football. But yeah, it's for the league to move forward. It might be the better decision. So you've been at the Glens now for a few months. Uh, what's your first impressions of the club, the setup, the gym, things like that? Fantastic. Uh, whenever I first came down to the club, that was the Mick showed me around the place. I'd played there quite a lot as an away player, um, so I knew sort of my surroundings. I knew it was a fantastic club. I knew I knew the fan base, you know, which has been unbelievable, and, and the support that I've had since I've came to the club has been great, um, and you know, in big numbers as well. I think we've sold out every away allocation we've played this season, which is which is phenomenal. Um, yeah, it's been really good. I'm really impressed with the setup. The gym is great to have. You know, we, that's one thing we didn't have at Glam. We didn't have a gym, and boys were expected to do their own thing. But now we're in, you know, in the gym before training, after training. It's, it's always there. The overall, it's there wherever we're training um, and it's, it's great to have and yeah at the minute the pitch has been unbelievable you know it's it's like a carpet out there and it has been for every game so far this season. What about that transition from part-time to full-time football how difficult is it or was it just something took in your stride? It's difficult enough to be fair Um, the boys had already done three weeks pre-season before I'd signed so I knew they were going to be a wee bit ahead of me fitness wise Um, but I came in and, and to be fair to Sandy the fitness instructor and, and the physio and Mick, they took me for extra extra training basically, you know, to get me up to speed and and uh, yeah, quickly got myself up to speed and once the preseason games, you know, were once the preseason games were up and going, I felt good, felt strong, felt fit and uh, yeah, but it does take a toll on your body. I remember for a while, especially the first sort of month, yeah, you felt like your legs were never going to recover because you were always doing something. You know, you're always doing something the next day, but that's just part and parcel of going, you know, from from two days a week to to six days a week. You think you sort of benefited because you did come in in pre-season and everyone was sort of pre-season, whereas Alexa, like Reese, for example, Reese joined from Shamrock Rovers. Their season hadn't started yet, so he hadn't played any football. And then he joined our full-time setup in January, so that like a different kettle of fish altogether. Yeah, like he obviously came in and it's probably on his, his holidays then, wouldn't he have been? That season yeah. would have been over or whatever. 
Um, so that would have been tough for him, you know. But he's, you know, what race is like, you know, he just doesn't take him long to get back, you know, back up to speed again. He's he doesn't really get injured much. He's fit, doesn't put on weight, so probably wasn't too bad for him. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's great. We've got a, a great squad there. Boys are boys are feeling fit. With I, I feel that one of the a few messages we've had and a few things people have said. Uh, this season is the, the squad does look fitter and sharper, and I don't know compared to last year. I wasn't here, but I can definitely tell that the lads, you know, are fit and, and it pushes everybody on, and, and hopefully it'll it'll hold us in good stead. It's not even that it does look fitter and sharper. They look so much more comfortable, comfortable on the ball, more comfortable the teammates, um, well organised, and it's just things are just going. It looks like we've got another gear to go up, but yet we're doing yes. so well. I think that's that's the thing everyone's noticing. Yeah, I think in pre-season, the gaffer was chatting this about where where things went wrong last year and where he thought we could improve on. And, and you know, conceding too many goals was one of the things we spoke about and maybe not scoring enough from set pieces. And I think, to be fair, in the first seven or eight games that we've played in this season, you know, we have been doing that. We've only conceded one, which is which is not a bad record so far. Um, and we have been scoring from set pieces and, and we've been, you know, well drilled. I think we're, we're, we're keeping the ball well. Our movement's good. We're... We're creating chances and we look dangerous, and hopefully it just continues. Well, uh, the Glens have uh, now made their best start to the league season in twelve years. Uh, so the James Singleton effect. Uh, do you think that? Uh, are you really happy with how your performances have gone? Do you think that you've you, things have gone well for you so far? Do you, is this the way you want to continue on? Yeah, I think I think so. Um, coming in in pre-season, I was playing a wee bit of left back on and a bit of midfield and. And then Mick decided to you know, play me more in the middle, especially in all the league games so far this season. Um, and I feel like, yeah, I've done my job and that's all I want to do. I just want to go out and you know, give 100%. And hopefully that's good enough to you know stay in the team and hopefully I can help the, the back four if, if I am playing just in front of them. Um, and hopefully I can chip in with a, a few goals and assists as well. And yeah, that's all I want to do. That's all, all everybody wants to do is just work hard, work hard for each other, but work hard for the... You know, for the manager, work hard for the supporters, and hopefully that'll you know give us success in the future. Do you prefer the sort of sitting deep, protecting the back four road, or would you prefer to get up and down? No, I think I think I'm more of a defensive player. You know, I'm not going to be a player to go and you know, take three or four players on. It'd be like a shame of Carton or something. But um, no, I just like to get the ball and keep it moving, and and just sort of keep it keep things tight at the back. We well, touched on European football earlier, and um, just seeing how close sort of the blues got um to making the group stage and, and the reality of it is they only won one game but yet they were on the cusp of this massive financial reward and not just massive financial reward what of experience it would be for say for example if we made if we did that if we got into the group stage of uh, any sort of european competition how much of a carrot is that that even winning the likes of the league because you're such an advantage because you just trickle down those competitions well, that's it, and it's a pity only only the first you know gets that position. But it means everybody wants to to be at the top come the end of the season, and that'll bring everybody's standards up. Um, of course, you know, Nimfield were were very unlucky. You know what happened to them? Um, they were so close to getting getting to the group stages, and maybe should have finished the game off. You know, they had a great great chance just before Jimmy Jimmy scored that own goal. But it would have been it would have been fantastic for the league, obviously. You know, to have a to have a team. In the in the group stages, but I have to be honest and say I'd much rather be Glen Torn. <laughs> and the outside of the obvious of uh, winning trophies, challenging for the title, stuff like that. Um, 
what are you looking forward to most? The Glens, for example, are you really? There's 15th of October here. We play the Blues in their first big two game. But your first experience of a big two game. There's the Boxing Day derbies at Oval this year. Have you earmarked anything to be like? I can't wait for a bit of that. Yeah, well, the first sort of fixture I looked for was was the Linfield game, you know, and seeing that it was on the 15th of October, the 14th now, it might be well, changed moved to it the, from, the, the I, Friday. We'll go, you know, I, that's right. The, the dinner and all going on, yeah. so I think it's been moved to the, to the Friday night, so I'm sure there'll be a massive crowd there, um, a crowd that I've never played under. Uh, playing it against Portadown was was great on Boxing Day, but I'm say, I'd say playing against Linfield will be a wee bit different. Um, and yeah, we just have to go there. And I, again, it's just a game of football, and, you can't let the occasion get the better of you. You just have to go out. You have to be focused on your job and just you know keep doing what you have been doing and, and hopefully come away you know with three points. That uh, that that dinner the day after that that game if that game goes our way that dinner will be there will be some spectacle like it'll everyone will just be on a high. I mean it'll be good anyway, but I just think if people will be on a high like you'll really get the experience the the real Glentoran sort of the field of the club. Yeah, that's it. It'll be a it'll be a great night, I'm sure. What whatever happens, but it'll just be the icing on the cake, you know. If we were to go to Windsor and, and get the win just the night before. How much of the crowd? How much does the crowd play in your mind, or how much of an impact does it have on you as a player? Seeing the big crowd, or even fans singing songs, or do you just tune out? I think when you're walking out to the pitch, or maybe whenever you can hear it, you know, in the warm up or something, or you can you can notice the the fans, you know, coming in, especially in big games, you probably think about a wee bit, a wee bit more. But once the game starts, you're, you're not really focused. You know, you you sort of blank everything out, and um, you don't really hear the noise that much. You're focused just on your job, and yeah, I know sometimes it can get the better, but the better players, and and it can affect others more than you know some more than others. But um, no, you just sort of have to focus on your job and and uh, just sort of blank everything out around you. Glentoran would be a really enjoyable place to play your football. If you speak to any player, past or present, who's experienced um, any sort of success at the club, they'll tell you that when things are going well, these fans will have your back 100%. Uh, it'll be really enjoyable. The atmosphere will be good. The crowds will be huge. Social media will be buzzing. But on the flip side of that, the crowd can be very unforgiving. They can get disgruntled pretty quickly. All it takes is a few bad results. And you know, there's people maybe calling for, for the heads of players or staff. Um, it can be maybe a bit nervy for the players, but it can also maybe hold you accountable and make you take your game up another level. How important is it to you when joining a club like Lenthorn that they are such a big club that they they ask for that and um, they demand that success? Uh, and I'm no disrespect to Glen Avon. Obviously, they can pull a crowd and they've got a good support base as well. But how important is it to come and do a club like Lenthorn where where they have both sides of that coin? That's massive. Obviously, you know. If the fans want want to win and, and they expect to win, that sort of goes to the players, it goes to everybody about the club. Um, and I remembered in Gannon this season when we when we weren't at our best this season, um, the fans, you know, were starting to be everybody was getting a wee bit agitated. We were we were nil nil. We didn't really create a whole lot of opportunities, but we ended up managing to get you know the three points over the line and and the, you know the the cheers and the celebrations after that goal went in from Jay was was fantastic. Um, and that's what you need. I, you know, I think every every player would want, would want that expectancy from the fans because you don't want to be playing somewhere where you know everybody just just accepts win, loss, or draw. You know, you a, a, you know a, a loss shouldn't be. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It shouldn't be allowed. You know, if if you want to do well, I, I can't imagine you know the best teams in the world just accepting defeat. And and if you want to be successful and be at the top, you, you can't accept it either. Is there anything that you would like to say, sort of, to Glenthorne fans this early uh, stage of the season, 
Um, obviously, we haven't har- heard from loads of players so far this season. It's early doors. We're not going to get carried away too much. But uh, you've come into this club. You're saying you've been well received. Your your family's been well received. Um, if you anything you'd like to say to the Glenman? Yeah, just just obviously a massive thanks to a lot of the people that have maybe sent me messages and stuff on social media, wishing me all the best and and certain things. And and just just to the you know the, the crowds that have come out. Just it's been great support and just to let them know that the, you know the boys are knocking their their pan in every day in training and and it's a great great changing room and. Um, just to just to reassure them that you know we we want to do well this year and you know if they support us you know we'll give 100 every game. So before we go, we've got a bit a bit, a bit of an insight into because I never really asked players this, um, but you're new into the change them, so we're gonna ask you. First of all, have you had to do an initiation or will you have to do one? Yes, I did. We had a a night out in pre-season uh, where the boys were got together and and. Uh, after one of the games, I think it was the Rangers game actually. We all got together and went down to you know Harry's bar there at the Oval. Um, I had to sing a song and a few others did as well. But there's still a few boys to be fair that didn't make it out that night and that have to do there. So I'm gonna have to remind Moko about that one. Make sure you know that's not forgotten about. Maybe maybe Moko's dinner will be a good opportunity for a few of them to do it. Imagine <laughs> that. Be a big enough crowd to do it in front of, wouldn't it? <laughs> what What did you sing? Uh, I sang a wee st- a song called I'm a Wanderer by Dion. Not not many people knew it, but um, no, it's a wee personal favourite of mine. And what about in the change room? Who's the who would you say is the joker in the change room so far that you've came across? Oh, it would have to be well, Kieran O'Connor. He's obviously away out in London, Newry, but uh, he's been the joker from what I've seen so far. Uh, there's a few to be fair. There's there's a it's it's good crack in the change room. Um, a lot of the boys love a wee bit of panther, and Joe Crow would be up there as well, you know. Um, but no, it's. It's great, great change room. And the, what about the music? Who's in charge of the music in there? I think it changes, to be fair. Sometimes I see Mark uh, changing the song. Sometimes I see Paddy doing it. Uh, there's a few boys, to be fair. But again, I think whenever you're thinking about the match, you're not really listening to what's going on around you. You sort of block everything out. And you're just yeah. focused on going out onto the pitch. So to be honest with you, I couldn't tell you what's being played before the match. Well, James, listen, thanks so much uh, for coming on the podcast. It's been a pleasure to have you on. You've made an absolutely flying start to your Glen Torn career. Um, just keep doing what you're doing. Keep plugging away. Um, everyone's absolutely delighted. Um, I think that I read, I listened to a podcast recently and someone remarked on it that the Glens maybe had a bit of a soft underbelly last season. Um, I think that's definitely well on the way to being corrected this year. So just keep doing what you're doing. And- uh, Matthew, no problem. Thanks very much for having me on.